When it comes to interviewing, research is key. But your story is what turns that key to open up all of those doors to other opportunities. By learning how to leverage your story when you answer questions in an interview, you will go from being that candidate who doesn't get a callback to the one that they're begging to work for in their company. This is part two of my interview series with Stan Miller. If you haven't listened to part one, please listen to that first so that this episode makes a little bit more sense. Before we jump into it, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Use your fighter. Welcome to Declassified College, where I, Justin Wynn, share my cheat codes to college and make sure that you're ready for the real world by the time that you walk across that stage. Make sure you subscribe, not just for you, not just for me, but for the millions of college students around the world to find this podcast. Now, you don't want to let down millions of students, do you? I really want to key in on something you said about value. We are taught to provide value, to showcase our value. Would you agree with that? 100%. So what we do because we are taught this is we show up to interviews or interactions with others and we say, oh, generic statements like, well, we are really good at calming and de-escalating clients and caring for people. And we care about people. And we use these blanket blanket value terms as if the other person is going to be able to understand what that means. <laughs> it, has, it has zero context unless you define the person or company you are helping and define the problem that they are faced with. So if I say, I provide value to college students. Well, great. That's perfect. But if I say, hey, the college students that I help are faced with the following problems, and here's how I provide value, the story all of a sudden makes more sense. And so we have to, I think, get away, Justin, from just talking about understanding these value prop statements, unique value proposition statements that we want to spit out. And understand and be able to explain when we have showcased that in our lives, because where we fail oftentimes is that if we don't provide evidence to people, they don't believe what we are saying. So you can't separate yourself in a job interview process without providing stories that that showcase evidence of you being who you say you are. And so I'm sorry I went off on a tangent there, but, <laughs> but I just it, it really kind of makes my skin crawl a bit when we talk about value. You know, we, we are in a position where it's important for us to articulate what our values are, but we must have evidence to showcase those values. And, and we're, when we can do that, our stories and our evidence and our values become more believable to our audience. No, totally. hundred percent. And I think that that actually transitions really well into sort of the next topic of, okay, the students have started to master their story, right? They're understanding it themselves a little bit more. How do they start to leverage their story in interviews? You talked about how stories are sort of your evidence, right? Right. What is another way that students can leverage their story in the interview? So before I want to, I want to make sure I'm respectful and answer your question about ending the story before we go to that one. So, of course, so you mentioned ending the story at its, at its basic level, stories have a beginning, middle and end. And I would, I would suggest 
that most people are not good at ending the story and feel like they are on the other side, what they're expecting is some sort of confirmation from their audience. So if I'm one-on-one with you and you're interviewing me, if I don't end my story, what I'm looking for you is to help me end that story through shaking and nodding your head and letting me know it's okay to end it, Stan. But if I have a clear ending and it's success or learning, it allows me to bridge to what's next. And so without ending ending each story, it becomes one long story that is the never ending story, if that makes sense, Justin. No, 100%. I mean, I've done so many of these interviews, right? And that first question that I usually ask of like, tell me a little bit about who you are and like what you do. In past interviews, I've literally had an interview where a person talked for 35 minutes uninterrupted from that first question. Right. This is what I'm talking about. And this is what people do. I mean, this happens in interviews. And and I can tell you, I have made the mistake uh, early in my career of just talking about myself. Uh, for 20 minutes and you lose attention. And again, to your point, you lose the podcast at that point. You're, you have lost control of the podcast Podcast, if that happens. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> so so your, que- your next question was um, about how to use stories in an interview, right? Yep. All right. So what, uh, what question do we get asked in every single interview, Justin? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. So it's, there's always going to be a, tell me about your background. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And so the default, what I call the default, which is, you're going to laugh at this. The default is, let me just read you the chronological order of my resume and what I did at each company. Right. <laughs> That's yep. the problem with that tactic uh, and answer is that's what every, what everyone else is going to do. And then it boils down to, okay, I'm on the same playing field as everyone else with similar background. And so what separates you in an interview process as a student seeking to gain a position? Um, What I teach at StoryKate is for you to simply convey who you are, a how you, who you desire to serve, how you do that work and what they get when you're performing at your best. Now, at StoryKate, we call this a superpower statement. Again, three elements at its core, you know, kind of who you serve, how, and what they get when you're performing at your best. Now, it takes some time for a student to understand what this statement is and how to craft this statement. But when you land on one statement like this, you change the way people feel about you because they, they gain, you know, they're interested in hearing from you. I'm not just telling you about what I did in school what board I served in, what fraternity I may have been on or been in or affiliated with. I'm now talking about my, what is closer to a why I do what I do than giving you straight away my experience. But don't worry, Justin, because you get to experience after you commit to giving them a superpower statement, then you're going to transition into what you do day in and day out to support that statement which is your experience. So you tie experiences inside of the storytelling framework to communicate those experiences in story, which are going to sound much better. Predominantly, not that this is some mystical secret. This is just beginning, middle, and end of each experience. So at a basic level, you're just communicating in the basic storytelling format, which is more interesting to listen to and more compelling. Yeah, I mean, and I think... 
the biggest thing that I realized as a student whenever I was doing interviews was it's actually your job to lose once you get the interview, right? Because if you're getting the interview, then you've proven to yourself through your resume that you can do the job, right? You have the prerequisites of the job. The main purpose, I would say, for interviews of entry-level students is for the fact to see if they, are, if they can see themselves working with you for 40 to 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And how do you become friends with your best friend from third grade? It's not about how much money you make. It's not even if, if you're sitting next to each other in class, so to say. The main portion of it is, can you tell me your story on the playground, playing soccer, whatever that may be? And that's, I think, the best way to go about looking at an interview is being able to portray yourself in a way that the person interviewing you can see themselves working with you. And once you're able to do that, and I think storytelling is a very unique way to do that, the, the interview is yours. Yeah, I agree with your, with your statement um, that you have the job and it's yours to lose. That's fundamentally true, I believe. You know, when, and I've interviewed and hired um, hundreds, probably interviewed thousands, hired hundreds, I would say, in my career. And I don't typically sit down with someone that I'm not interested in hiring. The question becomes is, are they going to prove to me what I believe about them based on what the resume says, or are they going to disprove what I believe and reveal something to me that is problematic and, and going to cause me to pass? Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, right, anything technical that has to do with your job of if you know skill X, Y, or Z, you can feel that out and you either have that or you don't, right? You've either lied on your resume or you're telling the truth. You can't change that at that point. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your personality and like your story, that's something that you can actually improve on before the interview. You can't necessarily lie about your story. Well, you shouldn't be lying about your story. That's something that you should master beforehand and be able to tell it and manipulate it in the right way to fit whatever question that the recruiter or hiring manager is asking you. Right. And so this begs a different question. When you take a job or go for a job, do you want to be hired for a job that you already know everything about and how to do? The answer really there, Justin, should be no. So the skill sets, like you may have the core skills and fundamental skills coming out of college, but we also, as a hiring manager, I recognize that it's your behavior and your attitudes that I'm interested in. Your skills, I can teach you. I can teach you what you do not know today from a skill set perspective, but behaviors and attitudes are what I'm picking up on. And I can learn more about you when you talk to me or tell me your stories than I can in you reading your resume back to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so think about, you know, I've never taken a job in my life that I known how to really do. Like if you think about it, like the purpose in progression in your career, whether you're moving from college to your career or uh, a lateral movement in your career or even a promotional movement, like I've never known everything about the next job. The, The purpose is, is do I have the behaviors and attitudes that the hiring manager where the hiring manager believes I can do that job? And do I have core competencies that would suggest that I can learn? And that's the, the, that is the mixture, you know, skills, behaviors, and attitudes 
by which and the criteria by which people are selected for opportunities. And, and that's just, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with with you in the fact that I would want to take a job that I didn't necessarily know everything that I'm going to be doing, right? That's literally what I'm doing, being an entrepreneur. I don't know half of the things that I'm doing. I'm just learning it day by day. That's and right. that's, sort of, that's sort of like the, the fun journey of it. But from a student perspective, or from your perspective, I guess, from someone hiring students, would it be okay for the student to say that they don't know something while they're interviewing? Yes. And here's why. Because we know you don't know everything. As a student, we, the, you know, when you are hired, when I am hiring someone that is uh, moving from college to career, I understand that there are many things that they may not and do not know. Not only about my business, but I'm talking about core fundamental business acumen that just they haven't had time to develop or learn. Now, maybe that's me because I've been so close to the college experience late in my career and I understand what we are learning in college and how we are teaching students. So I may be a bit biased there, but no, I, I, I don't think the expectation is that you do know everything. And I think that the danger in, in interviewing and if you're a student and you're interviewing and you're trying to do your best to convey that you know the answer to every question and are afraid you're going to lose an opportunity by saying you don't know, may lose an opportunity through that process. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with that, I think. Again, I haven't necessarily hired anyone, but from my perspective, I would rather the person be honest with me and me knowing, right, that they don't they don't know how to do something because you can probably test with another question to see if they actually know how to do X, Y, or Z. And if you said that you know how to do something and then they go and ask you to do it and then you fail, mm-hmm. then you've just, you've definitely crossed your name off the list. I know I've done that in the past, right? I, yeah. I talked about this on LinkedIn earlier and then on the episode before this of an interview that I went into where it was with Fat Merchant, which is a, a leading startup in Orlando, and it was a marketing internship. And they said, have you ever written a blog? And I was like, yeah, I like writing blogs. They're, they're fun. So then they gave me a, a blog test and they told me to write a blog in 30 minutes. And I had never written a blog in my <laughs> life, ever. Uh, you know, look. There, I, let me give you an experience in my career that might resonate with our audience here. So about six years into my career at at and I, I was let go unexpectedly. Um, it was due to a, a company purchase, you know, in a reorg. And so I found myself after six years being at a company lost. I hadn't really interviewed and I, I just wasn't sharp at the whole interviewing process and getting back on the market. And I never thought this would happen to me. So I, I now am looking for a job. And this is when the mortgage industry was really, really hot a while back. We won't talk about what happened from that, but it was really <laughs> hot. And I decided, you know, well, my, a few of my friends were in the mortgage business. I could go do that. And that would be something that I could make some money at. I could support my family and maybe regain my confidence. Well, the story is that I actually interviewed for a job and the hiring manager at the time, who was a um, leading the mortgage division at a bank, said to me, Do you, are you licensed? Are you licensed as a mortgage broker? And, and I said, no, I am not. And she said, have you ever done mortgages? And I said, no, I haven't. 
And she, we just had this conversation that was so transparent and you would think it would defy all logic of why I would say this in an interview. But at the end of the interview, I said, listen, I have the capability of learning. I have been in sales my entire career and I love helping people. And so if you will give me steps that I need to take to secure a position with the organization and let me know what certifications I need, I will go get those done and I will come back with those certifications if you'll agree to give me an opportunity. And she said, yes, she did not think I was going to go take my mortgage broker's test and go to class over the next seven days, which I did. And I came back and demanded a job. How about that? That's amazing. And again, I think that literally goes back into storytelling because yes, you said that you didn't know how to do mortgages and you didn't have your licenses, but you spun it in a way to help yourself in terms of showing your motivation in the sales industry, which is a scale that you need to sell mortgages, but also your determination, right? And that's why storytelling to me is so important because if you can master storytelling, you can literally flip the script back onto the recruiter or the hiring manager to position yourself in the good rather than the bad. That's right, that's right. That, that's amazing. That's a great story. So I just have one final question when it comes to interviewing. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Why not? So you can either take this from your perspective of being someone who has interviewed from a company, mm-hmm. or you can take it from the perspective of someone hiring mm-hmm. for, for a position. What is a question that you love to either ask or you love to hear from someone? So the question that I, there is a question that I'd love to ask. Um, which I would also enjoy hearing. <laughs> so it's kind of, <laughs> I, love it. I can answer that both ways. I love to, to ask, tell me about the problems that this position solves for in the organization and what actually happens if this role doesn't get filled. Ooh, I like that. Now, why, why do you ask that? Because if I can get an answer, which, which typically you will, you will determine how valuable the role is and you will determine what the problems are associated with the role so that I can thread my experience and I can look at my stories. I can look back at my stories and determine where I have solved similar problems. So what I'm seeking when I ask that question is what in my background is tied to the problem that exists in this company And have I solved similar problems? And do I have any stories that I can convey that would showcase my ability to solve problems that exist in their organization? There there aren't jobs, opportunities without problems. So it puzzles me oftentimes when we go to interviews and participate in interviews and we don't understand the problems that the role is solving for. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. Because again, coming from the student perspective, I didn't know any problems that I would be solving as a digital marketing analyst or a financial analyst. I just know that my job was probably going to consist of doing Excel sheets and writing emails. But I never, ever thought to myself, hmm, what problems does a digital marketing analyst help a company? And I think if you can understand the problem, right, you can then again, going back to storytelling, position your story in the correct way to help out that company and be the pathfinder to the company, to the promised land, so to say. 
Yeah, I mean, if you think about really just spending some time uncovering the problem, in your case, you know, in the digital marketing analyst role, let's say you did ask that question and you said, hey, what problems does this particular role solve in the organization? And what happens if the role isn't filled? What you might have heard is, well, it's really important that we have someone in this role because without it, X happens. And so that gives you a sense of what is the real purpose of the role? And that does that align for what your purpose is in moving into the company? So like you can make alignments based on these questions. And that is that. What an amazing episode from my guy, Stan Miller. If you want to stay in contact with him, text Storyteller to 66866. Again, that's Storyteller to 66866. Man, I feel like an infomercial. But Stan is great. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so that you get notifications whenever episodes drop, as well as leave a review. We're almost at 50 now. We want to break that 50 mark. Can we do it by next week? Let's do it. Last but not least, let's hear a final message from our sponsor. And until next time, peace. Another day, another cheat code. And you're on your way to defeating the level that we like to call college. If you've liked any of the cheat codes that we've given out, please hit that subscribe button and give us a review on iTunes. Each review helps us grow and make sure that more people learn these tips. We love to hear from you all. So make sure you check out our website, www.getchillgrindup.com and follow us on all social media platforms at Get Chill Grind Up. That's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. So until next time, peace.